this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living, and we're here on location at Argentum with Jason McGovern, director of business development for WorkSync. And we're talking about strategies for attaining and retaining great employees. Jason, I wondered if you could give me a recap of the situation. What trends you're seeing in, in long-term care staffing today? Thanks, Lois. Glad to be here. It's nice to be here with uh, people again and shaking hands and, and the like. So, I mean, really from a macro U.S. perspective even, 70% of U.S. employees are what we consider deskless employees. And uh, we used to distinguish between exempt and non-exempt, but whether you're eligible for overtime doesn't tell us the whole story. As we zoom into the staffing friction associated with senior living, senior care, and aging services, we're seeing turnover as high as 100% for nursing aides, but it's really pervasive across the entire facility and the organization. And we're having issues with job satisfaction, recruiting challenges for the most uh, needed positions, and these all play into each other. And so it's really causing a bit of headwinds for this industry as well as the country. And I think we should face the reality that not every worker is equipped with the skills or the passion to show up every day and serve their patients or residents. So turnover is costly, but it's perhaps worth it if you're weeding out the underperformers. So turnover is the, the source of the issue. However, you just don't want the wrong people or the right people leaving is really what I think we'll, we'll spend a lot of our time providing a prescription for. So yeah, prescriptions for turnover. And at the end of this, I'll be supplying three very practical, cost-effective things that, that your, the listeners will be able to apply right away. Great. Well, what are some employers doing to combat the situation, and is it enough? Well, it, it is kind of working, and we've spoke to people all across the land and researched the various uh, facilities and, and skilled and senior living and LPCs, and, and it's, it's really the, 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 the practices are pretty creative. It's kind of working, but I don't know if it's sustainable. Uh, or is it on brand for a healthcare facility? So all across the country, executive directors, HR professionals, facility managers, nursing directors are getting, they're getting very creative. But I would say they're really just entering and battling in the, as a bribing war, okay? So they're increasing rates, not, not terrible on its own, signing bonuses, show up bonuses, uh, advertising hiring with neon flashing signs and inflatable air dancers uh, to entice folks that are driving by. A facility in Arkansas is offering $100 just to fill out an application. A group from Missouri is paying $100 bonus every week that you work your shift. Thousand to $5,000 signing bonuses. So it's desperation, it's bribing, and it's temporary advantages. So some more sustainable practices that are being used out throughout the country are a benefit package that includes paying for certifications, licensing programs, even paying off college debt regardless of what the major was. So a half year of work equates to a half year of student debt being paid off, which is, which is pretty neat, which is just working, as much as bribes and money can work. Um, but unfortunately, it's proven to be just quick fixes, and human species just hasn't, quick fixes, they're not long-term solutions. What are some qualities an organization should be looking for when seeking employees? So, one is tenure, regardless of what industry they're coming from. Job hoppers hop. Now, uh, and I'm really focused on what I would call lateral job hopping, okay? so. 
job hopping when someone's moving through the glass ceiling at each low, you know, at each uh, employer, that's different. Now they're moving the way up and you're the next stop. But for people who are just laterally moving, those are folks that you don't want to, they're going to continue to laterally move and uh, they, they don't offer anything for them. Sure, the job seekers past employers may have had a toxic culture, but like any relationship, there's usually two points of view. Keep in mind, and this is sort of a macro trend as well, when you hear about the, the so-called great resignation, that's belaboring every employment, it's really closer to the great promotion. So there's still plenty of jobs open in the market. Don't even get me started on skill trades. Wrong podcast. But it's more to do with workers looking for things that optimize their skill set. And so they're looking for that next move. Keep in mind that our listeners, they are the next move in some cases, and that's okay. But don't stop there. Make sure that you're providing the education and the advancement so they can continue to move. So that would be the exception to a job hopper, is someone that's has shown a record of, of continually moving on. What are some strategies for attaining talent? So this is sort of back to the qualities. Remember, this is a move up for entry-level worker. And if they've proven tenure or have a history of moving up, that's fantastic. Uh, but you want to help them continue on that path so they don't let stagnate. So yeah, kind of led into the uh, attaining uh, of the employee. Though not one of my three practical uh, steps I'm going to provide, I do believe paying for folks licensing, accreditations, certifications, nursing school, etc., is good. It's a great ROI. You get trained folks and a guaranteed tenure because that's part of the deal. Uh, we'll pay for your schooling, but you have to stay here for a certain period of time, etc. So that's a great way to attain. Confirming their availability that addresses your top requirements. It doesn't do you any good to have the most ideal best candidate in front of you if, if they can't work on Wednesday night and Sunday night, which is where you need <laughs> most coverage uh, for whatever reason. So just really make sure that you, inside the profile you dig into their work-life balance, their availability, and because that's going to create some greater empowerment and engagement, which we'll talk to about a little bit later. There's a lot of obvious attain strategies, but for our time, we won't go over the obvious. <laughs> okay, great. And what about strategies for retaining talent? So employee engagement is, is good, but difficult to define and sometimes even harder to measure, to know what is working and what's not. In order to avoid engagement, being confused with entertainment, so bagels, Taco Tuesday and bingo. You know what, let's leave that for the residents. <laughs> Uh, not for our, our not for our employees and let's truly do something that's focused on what matters to them and so in my opinion the intersection between engagement and empowerment when you have the and is very important there now you have something that is sustainable uh, so an example of empowerment we you are going to have power over when you work and when you don't if you're not available on Sunday and Wednesday you're not going to get scheduled to work then and we're not going to ask you to work then but we are gonna promote uh, availability and additional work when you are available. So that's kind of the empowerment and engagement. Um, another example of engagement would be to provide constant feedback about performance, earnings, open shifts, licensing certifications, education opportunities, and last but certainly not least, how the work they do impacts not only the facility, but the resident's quality of life. That's another important point to make sure that the staff is notified when care plans change. They need to be fully engaged in that so that they're part of the solution. 
any social events? How much are, are you in really engaging the folks that are actually working with these guys, the, the residents every day? They, you need their input. So that engagement, that empowerment is, uh, is just something to always kind of keep focused. Well, let's circle back to those three practical things that uh, leaders in senior living can do today to start becoming an employer of choice. Could you share those, please? Yeah, so we've kind of been dancing around that, uh, saving the, the best for last. So far, the best advice is if you want lower turnover, you need a lower turnover. So let's, uh, and then even empowering engagement is sort of an abstract. One of the cliches, uh, work-life balance, that's sort of out there. Power engagement is sort of a fancy word of saying that. Still, it's a concept. So what are the three practical ways facilities can increase empower engagement that will lead to greater employee tenure and attraction for that matter? Oh, and it's very budget conscious. And if implemented correctly, it will not cost an incremental dollar. Okay, so one, pay on demand. What we at WorkSync call WorkSync Wallet. Uh, it's, it's different, but it's so associated with the EWA programs out there, uh, earned wage access programs out there. And it's very big in senior care. As employees in senior care struggle, and they live paycheck to paycheck, week to week often, Though EWA on its own is good, um, earn wage access, uh, it's better than the financial, predatory financial products like payday loans, but still charging two to three dollars, two to five dollars every time they want to have access, early access to their wages. You really want something where the employee can access their daily wages on punch out. As soon as they, as soon as they leave, as soon as they work that shift, pay them. And it shouldn't be any cost to the employee or the employer, or and it shouldn't be any administrative burden either. It should have zero impact on it if done correctly. So this strategy addresses both engagement, pay every day, and empowerment. I've got a power over my wages. They did the work, why not give them the pay? And this is also a great retention strategy because if they leave, they might have to wait three to four weeks for the next payday by the time the payroll cycle catches up. So that's number one. Number two, advertise, notify, automate the open schedules. Uh, assuming that your EHR, your electronic health record system, is informing your scheduling system, if it's not, it should. Um, it has all the data on the care plan and all the qualifications that's gonna be needed in order to, uh, to provide the proper care. You wanna make sure as changes happen, changes happen in demand, resident demand or um, turnover or someone doesn't show up or any labor issues that you can calculate and synchronize and advertise that to someone that is qualified and also available. So this is gonna increase their 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 household budget uh, because now this is something that they, they're they ready to work, qualified to work and it's, and it's extra money for that uh, uh, paycheck. Um, there's a lot of fair scheduling laws that are going out there because one of the ways that people will handle this turnover issue is they simply overschedule. So if they need one person, they'll schedule for two. When both show up, they send one home. Can't do that anymore, particularly in Chicago. It's against the law. And it's spreading throughout the country that, well, you can send them home, but you have to pay them. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose. That's why you want that integration with the, the EHR so you know exactly what it is, and then you have a system in place that finds the next available person. I know, uh, and, and there's, overtime is not as bad as agency, and agency is not as bad as turnover. So if we're looking at it that way, let's address turnover first, overtime, and agency is still better than, than turnover. And so that can be also be worked into that kind of program. 
So that is notify of open shifts. And the third one is the attendance bonus. So I mentioned earlier that people are giving $100 a week for showing up. Well, you're rewarding people for just showing up. An annual attendance bonus that is drawn from the funds saved from a reduction in turnover when you when you apply these three policies. By the way, the, so the average turnover is like say 50%. Again, it's as high as 100% in certain positions. So if we can, if, if you can reduce that by 30%, you're gonna create a pool of money because that's $10,000 minimum per employee lost. So now this $10,000 goes into a pool and for people who are still there around the end of the year, they can get, uh, you can spread that uh, amongst the folks that you wanna keep. So now they're getting an annual bonus that you didn't even actually pay for it at a great time of year and it's really included in the in the return on investment. So those are the three things that they don't they don't really cost anything and that they can apply today. I appreciate you sharing all of that information. What would you say are the things that uh, most important things that listeners today should be taking away from this podcast? Make sure that rewards are great. Make sure you're rewarding the behavior that you want to see. And that will trickle throughout the entire culture and everyone will be able to take notice of what you're rewarding. You reward people filling out applications, you're just going to get more people filling out applications. That doesn't help with resident care. And I think finally, always tie the job. The today's workforce is really about purpose. Always tie their daily work to how it is improving the lives of uh, arguably our, our most fragile members of society. This is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living. We've been speaking with Jason McGovern, director of business development for WorkSync. Jason, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Lois. Pleasure.